if Mac Jones, uh, if Mac Jones uh, wins the Rookie of the Year, which uh, you might uh, remember, your boy kind of told you, "Hey, come on board with me, guys. I got a, I got a bad, Very I got a smart. bad number at the local shop." If Mac Jones wins the MVP, or sorry, Rookie of the Year, <laughs> um, all, all this, all this three-week nonsense is is Forgotten. is dust in the wind yeah. because that's worth. Maximum units, trust me. Oh yeah. Going to Bermuda. If Mac if Mac Mac Jones if Mac Jones wins the Roy, we're getting a toy. A toy a Toyota. (laughs) That's of all the cars you can choose for us to uh, um, Yeah, let's get a Camry. That'll be great. It's affordable. The gas mileage is fantastic. (laughs) Japanese cars are well built. Screw everything else. Let's get a Toyota. Who you betting on? Always on black bad stats in the pocket hole, squad fast cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. You can find us on Twitter at West Coast Gams, and you can also find us on YouTube under the Gaming Society's YouTube channel with Mike Vick episodes and Bet on Women Roundtables and our dumb faces somewhere in between there. It's a lot of fun on that channel. But today, it's all about recapping what happened last weekend and taking a taking a little look into the future. We're going to preview some games that are coming on Sunday. The bets for those games are coming on our traditional Thursday episode. But we did want to kind of have a little popcorn rating for these games because a lot of them have playoff implications. We're in November. The playoff picture's out there. You're seeing the in-the-hunt graphics. And a lot of games coming up have some big-time playoff implications and we're going to kind of dive through those to see what we're feeling before we make a bet on them but before we get there before we get to dr dangles uh, telling us how to escape our gambling woes before we get to gravestones where each of the hosts gets to kill a team this week i have a little uh, a little gift i want to give my two co-hosts but before we get there drew i just yes. want to say yes you're three and 18 over the past three weeks betting on this show Is that true that is true. Oh wow! I knew I was one. I knew I was one in four, three straight weeks. Uh, I was aware of this fact. Uh, it's funny because it doesn't really translate to my circa. My circa contest. I'm exactly five hundred mm. the last three weeks. But I will say, uh, not not a good three weeks for the sharp. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, this week I was. I was surprised. I was surprised. I'll admit the, the, the Browns game threw me off. I thought that was going to be a low scoring close game. That was incorrect. Um, you know, the Bucks game, I kind of knew come Sunday that I was going to be on the right, the right side of that one at all. No. Uh, so I laid off that one, but listen, I think this is a good thing to hang on the sharp because you'll never catch me at a lower, lower point. So it's only, it's only, it's, <laughs> It's only going up from here. I can promise you that. So we'll see where I am at the end of the year. But yeah, hey, bad three weeks. Well, what and, do. and what good movie doesn't have a point at which our fearless hero is down for a little while and has right. that moment of like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get my shit together and pull this together. I've, I've, I've been going through a struggle like that myself over the last couple of weeks. 
But I, I know I know the Sharp has it in him. We call you Schaefer the Sharp for a reason. We're going to turn it around down this last stretch of the season. Season we got to get in that same playoff mindset here on the West Coast Gamblers. This is the last eight weeks of the season. Now officially those playoff pictures, like you said, Tony, are coming into shape. We're seeing the in-the-hunt graphics. We're talking about the importance of these next seven, eight games for these teams down the stretch. We got to get in that same playoff mentality, put our you know, noses to the grindstone and, and keep on betting. It'll, it'll turn around. Like you said, Schaefer the Sharp only up from here. I'm going to need a big grindstone for this nose, but dangles that pump <laughs> up speech, <laughs> that pump up speech is deserved coming from you. My friend, you were struggling early and you are the winning gambler from last week. You went three and two on King of the coast. Hey. You scored the most points in the King of the coast contest. How are you feeling? My friend, Good week for the Dangles. Good week for the Patriots. I feel I feel good about it. We're going into a, a, another uh, fun slate of games. I'm excited to talk about some of these really good matchups with heavy playoff implications. Uh, and I'm 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 feeling confident. I feel like I'm you know I'm getting my feet under me, kind of like the Patriots and Mac Jones. You know what I mean? I, I sit here as a Patriots fan, feeling pretty good compared to some of these other teams that drafted quarterbacks in the first round. And some of their fans are probably still going, oh, I don't really know what this person's <laughs> going to do just yet. But here's Mac. Uh, being pretty consistent, just getting better and better in every week, and I'm trying to do the same thing here out uh, out here on WCG. We've been down before. We're going to get back. Oh, by the way, Dangs, let me interject, Tony, uh, since you so lovely brought up my 3-18 and 18 or the fuck I'm <laughs> last few weeks. Uh, if Mac Jones, uh, if Mac Jones uh, wins the Rookie of the Year, which uh, you might uh, remember your boy kind of told you, hey, h- come on board with me, guys. I got a, I got a, bad, Very I got a smart. bad number to local shop. If Mac Jones wins the MVP – or sorry, rookie of the year. <laughs> um, all, all this, all this three week nonsense is is forgotten. Is dust in the wind yeah. because that's worth maximum units. Trust me. Oh yeah, going to Bermuda. If Mac, if Mac, if Mac Jones, if Mac Jones wins the Roy, we're getting a toy, a toy, a Toyota. <laughs> That's of all well, the cars you can choose for us. Uh, um, yeah, I'm let's happy. get a Camry. That'll we be great. Corolla, it's baby. affordable. The gas mileage is fantastic. <laughs> Japanese cars are well built. Screw everything else. Let's get a Toyota. Uh, I, 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 I'm happy you brought up Mac Jones, and I'm happy, Dangles, you brought up your Patriots, because I want to present unto you my two lovely co-hosts. We, Drew, you just talked about how we went in on a future at the beginning of the season. The three of us agreed on it, and we put money down, and we're in line to win money if Mac Jones wins that award. I would like to present a bet unto you two that we should go in on again, another future, a little mid-season future that we can take because Tony Squares has been prognosticating. And I think there's a line out there, there's a number out there that is also a bad number. And it has to do with those New England Patriots. Listen, we love the Patriots. We took their over at the beginning of the season. We love Mac Jones. We love the way this team is built. Their defense is coming to play. That offensive line now healthy is protecting Mac. He's hitting balls where everywhere on the field. And then doesn't matter what running back is behind that O-line, they're converting big rushes behind that offensive line. So went looking on our friend DraftKings. And it turns out that the New England Patriots to win their division is plus 300. Now, it's even bigger in other places, but we're going to talk about DraftKings because they're a good friend of ours, monetarily at least. And boys, I believe we should put money down on the New England Patriots to win the division. They have one game in hand against the Buffalo Bills. They haven't hit their bye yet. New England has a later bye in the season, but they're only a half game back in the standings. And they play Buffalo twice still, home and home. 
in this division. Buffalo this week has a pretty difficult game against Indy. New England hopefully a cakewalk this Thursday against Atlanta. If things play out the way they should, where New England gets a win on Thursday, and maybe Buffalo, maybe Carson Wentz and that defense pulls one out against Buffalo. They've dropped the ball before. That number will only get worse. So, unto you guys. What are your early thoughts here on us taking New England to win the AFC East? I would be more apt to be into that if it wasn't your pure bias and disdain for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm out. But Daniels, what do you think? I mean, I you know, I, I'm trying to push the Homer bias out here. And of course I want Of course I want the Patriots <laughs> to win the division. But no, but seriously, let's, you know, let's look at this because it's not completely out of the question. You mentioned the Falcons game that should be a cakewalk. After that, it's home at the Titans, then at the Bills, at the Colts, against the Bills, and the last two games of the season at home against the Jaguars, and then in Miami against the Dolphins, a spot that has traditionally troubled us, at least in the Brady years. We'll see what happens if that uh, that trend changes this year. Um, but, I mean, you think about that. Those last two games should be wins. You get one, uh, at least one, you figure you get at least one against the Colts. Um you know, and maybe, you know, a couple, another, that's, that's 10, potentially 11 wins in there. I, this Bills team, look, I think if we're going to, you know, the Bills are very good, but they can be beat by bad teams. We've seen this. We can, they can be beat by teams with bad defense and if beat defenses. And if they get caught on an off day, you know, they might rack up a couple of, uh, they might rack up a couple of tough losses. Their remaining schedule uh, uh, features uh, the oh, Colts, I got it, the baby. Saints. I know worry. you got it. The Pats, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Pats again, the Falcons, and the Jets. Um, those are all winnable games for the Bills, but I, I, the way the Patriots are surging right now, they seem to have found their um, their stride. I don't hate that at plus 300. I'm, I could be convinced to, to, to throw a little bit of money Tony, on that. It's an uphill battle. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a cakewalk for them. That's that's not the case at all because um, Buffalo is a very good team, and they're still, I think, the leading you know uh, a team in terms of percentage to make the Super Bowl. Well, I was going to say the only thing better than maybe betting the Patriots 10 weeks in is maybe having a ticket and exact a box on the AFC East, the Bills, Patriots, uh, <laughs> that shave of the sharp. Back when you could pick games – uh, or handicap has. I, so for I, me, this is like taking a uh, this is like taking a pile of money, reaching into that pile of money, and then maybe like investing it into like uh you know an app, uh, maybe your friend. I think that's uh, called you, diversification. You get, this new crypto, you know, hey, that you gotta get this coin. Uh, I'll probably just count that's my a, cash, drew. but. Drew, uh, I'll encourage you. You said that the Buffalo Bills are one of my least favorite teams, and I do have a bias against them. But everyone should be able to admit that this Buffalo team has come down from the year that they had the year prior. Josh Allen has come back down to earth. Stephon Diggs, that whole offense passing-wise has come back down to earth. They still cannot run the ball. And when you're playing teams like Indianapolis, Carolina, and Tampa Bay— if you can get zero yards a carry, how else are you going to beat them? Granted, Tampa Bay was beaten by the puppies in Washington last week, but Buffalo's going to have a struggling side to finish this off. And then those two games against New England. Gentlemen, if New England can pull out even one of those games, yeah. I think they can really catch the Buffalo Bills. With that late bye, Buffalo has to play every week from here on out. Uh, Buffalo does have five games at home, but those three games on the road, New England, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans, none of those, even with Trevor Simeon, are against an easy defense that's easy to beat. You have to bring your A game for all of those. Patriots, on the other hand, have four games on the road, but they're 4-0 and on the road as we speak. Atlanta uh, this Thursday, notwithstanding. I'm just saying, 
I think the odds should be a little bit closer to even, maybe New England plus 200, plus 150 to win the AFC East, because with two games yet to play between both of these teams and only a half a game separating them right now, I just think this is a bad line. That's all I'm saying. I think I'm going to take it. Dangles, you're more than welcome to join me. And if we can't get the sharp, I'm just going to point to his recent activity at 3-18, and 18, and that's going to be the reason why. He's not seeing the light. Hey, I mean, I can argue the value there. And again, if, if I didn't have a... Uh... If I didn't have the down payment on, you know, um, the Tesla with that futures ticket, then maybe I might join you. But, you know, go get your car, Tony. You can't, go get be, that, you can't be that wrong putting your faith in Bill Belichick, right? You can't be that wrong. If anything, we've learned over the last 20 Watch years. Watch them get destroyed versus Atlanta on Thursday. But we'll talk <laughs> about that game on happen. our next episode. Now it's time to go to the good doctor. Drew has been struggling. Tony has some feelings, too. And it's time to talk about them in an open forum with... Dr. Dangles, and that's coming up next. West Coast Gamblers. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or Padel, as it's called in North America. This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Coming up in uh, just a little while, we're going to give you some popcorn ratings on some games with big playoff implications. As we said, we are now uh, uh, into the second half of the season. Pictures starting to form, and we're going to be talking for the rest of the year on the West Coast Gamblers, at least up until the postseason, about who is where, who's vying for what position. And boy, there's a lot to talk about in that realm. But first, but first... We've got some issues to dig into. We've got some feelings to feel. We've got some some wrinkles to iron out. It sounds like, uh, Tony, you opened the show discussing uh, the Schaefer the Sharp's been having a, a, a rough couple of weeks the last few Three weeks and 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 we want we want to build our we want to build our co-hosts up we want to give them the confidence to get off the schnoz as Schaefer the Sharp enjoys saying and get back into that winning mentality that the West Coast Gamblers is known for as the only gambling show that makes you money so with that said it's time to get real it's time to feel our feelings let's get a little raw let's open up it is time for this week's edition of Dr. Dangles Well, Tony Square, Schaefer the Sharp, I have to say I'm I'm grateful that we've returned to our usual uh, format here after last week when we sort of got a little bit, um, 
you know, uh, uh, I'm not trying to figure out the right word here, unorthodox maybe, uh, in our methods to try uh, to try and get better. Um, but Schaefer the Sharp, let me start with you uh, because you're a wonderful friend and our co-host Tony Squares is um, trying to play a shot game apparently with our listeners for how many times he can mention your record over the last three weeks uh, in the first 20 minutes of the podcast. So, so let's start with you. There it is. There's another one. Everybody take a shot. Um, so Schaefer the Sharp, let's let's talk about it. Where, uh, why, yeah. why do you th- why do you think you're three and eighteen over the last three weeks? I just am seeing um, inside out, outside in, upside down, uh, kitty wampus, counterclockwise. Um, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm seeing it fine, doctor. And then I see things like, for example, maybe I was peer pressured into not taking the lions uh on sunday which i knew they were the right side i actually took my own personal portfolio but maybe i'm just getting kind of get bullied by a co-host maybe saying like if i take them i'll get ridiculed maybe i actually you know shape of the sharp kind of tough thick skin guy and doesn't give an f usually what people think but maybe i do care what somebody thinks because i want to take the lions i have them in my own personal portfolio on sunday and um they tied uh the san francisco 49ers all the reverse line movement like I could have bet you, uh, if we were betting Buffalo nickels, I would have bet a million Buffalo nickels that San Francisco would cover. Um, I didn't bet anything on it because I'm scared and I don't have a lot of confidence right now. So I guess, doctor, listen, I'm not going to beat myself up too bad. A couple bad weeks, uh, as Tony says, uh, three and 18. Um, but I just need literally some confidence, doctor. Just help me get my confidence back. Help me get my swagger back. Help me not care what other people think. Lord, help me control what I can't. I don't know that phrase, but help me, help me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, think, I think the I think the the uh, uh, grant me it's grant me the serenity to accept the things I yes. cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Right. And uh, yeah. I mean, I think that Very is good. a good point, and I, I agree. I think self confidence is the name of of this week's uh, you know remedy, and my uh, sort of penance to to give to you um, is to do some self hype and some some self care. Um, we call you Schaefer the Sharp. We don't call him Tony the Sharp. We call you Schaefer the Sharp. You are our sharp on the show because you, you are, you have that knowledge, that that wealth of gambling knowledge, those years of experience, the keen eye to pick out the lines. You know you can do it. You have that. It's just you know sometimes we sometimes we get down. Sometimes we get down, and and character is built not about not in the ways that we fall, but in the ways that we pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off. Uh, and I know it's easier uh, to be said than done, but stop being scared. You know this shit, dude. Get at it. Get after it, and you will you will you will rise from the ashes like the beautiful phoenix that you are. Mm. Nothing. Thank you, so, I think very, it seems very, simple. Very it seems simple, right? But there's no technical there's no technical advice for. I mean, I don't want to say it out loud, you know, because it's it, it can be you know there's some superstition around it. But this sounds to me like a case of the yips. Sounds like you're just in a slump at the plate. You know, you're just not seeing the pitch. You're you know, it's it's just an o o for slump. Uh, and every hitter, every player breaks out of those slumps, uh, and you and you will too. I think I think this week you just bring a little bit of that extra self confidence. You know where to find the good numbers. You know where to find the sharp inside information, um, and and you and that should carry you to uh, a winning week this week. So I'd, I'd encourage you to think on that as we're as we're making our bets uh, for this week. Uh, Tony Squares, we're short on time, but but uh, want to make sure uh, we get your concerns recorded as well. Well, no, I'm just happy uh, that the sharp is getting 
good insight from a man who literally lost his shirt gambling last week. Um, <laughs> but I will just say that... Uh, that was my un- counterpart. I don't know anything about that. Our, that was regular dangles. Our unorthodox methods last week, the sacrifices that we made, I mean, I took a, an that under... That shit didn't work. Referendum on organized religion, for sure. Uh, I took an under. <laughs> Speaking of didn't work, Dangles, I took an under on Sunday's games, under 44 and a half. And lo and behold, uh, a team tied or a team drove down the field to try and tie a game to make the score 23 to 21. That'd be 44 points. And then went for two. Lo and behold, they did not get that two-point conversion, and I won that under by a half a point. I swear to you, if we had not made those sacrifices, that game was going into overtime, and I was suffering another loss. So you may, you know, turn your turn your chin, turn your nose on the unorthodox methods, but I feel like they worked for me. Very happy in my spot. I guess that's I guess that's a plus. Um, I've never heard of anyone sacrificing anything before that has actually worked. So maybe we've we've created a first here on on the West Coast gamblers. Um, but I suppose that's all the time that we have for Dr. Dangles this week. Up next, we'll take a look at some of the games that are on this week's slate in the NFL in Week 11 with big playoff implications as the picture of who will be in the postseason and who won't takes clearer shape. It's coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Thank you, good doctor. It is time now to talk about some games this weekend that are doozies. It's that time of the NFL season where these good teams or these medium-level teams start meeting up head-on and head-on, and we get to see who's for real and who isn't. Not going to be making any bets right now, but we're just going to sort of prognosticate and say what we feel about these teams heading into the game, what we could think could happen, and some of the implications if uh, it doesn't go their way. The first one is a pretty easy one, and if you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, he called this a loser leaves town game, and I don't know if it's that extreme, but it definitely is a big game. The Cincinnati Bengals are 5-4. and four. They're currently tied for the seventh spot in the AFC, uh, the final playoff spot in the AFC. Cincinnati 5-4 and four, heading to the Las Vegas Raiders, also 5-4. and four. Man, Dangles, where do you think Cincy, Las Vegas, both coming off of losses, both come, with Cincinnati coming off of a bye here, but they lost the game before it. They're just not, both these teams, are, they were great early. They've come back to earth. One of them has to win this Sunday. One of them loses. They could be 500 and looking at a long road to the finish here. What do you feel for these two teams? It's going to be a good one for sure. I mean, as you meant, you mentioned the Bengals coming off the bye. They lost their last two uh, before that, including that tough loss to the Jets. So that bye could not have come at a better yeah. time for Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, uh, and those Cincinnati Bengals to get their heads right and get back in here a game against the Raiders team coming off a 41-14 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. And, I mean, that was, you know, I, I really went into that game with a lot of confidence in the Raiders. Um, that was a spot where they really needed to win. And they came up short. And they're still 5-4 and four and, and technically in the conversation. They have the same record as the L.A. Chargers who are ahead of them uh, in, the, in their division. But the thing that concerns me about the Raiders, if we're talking this in a larger perspective in terms of playoff implications, is they have a really tough schedule down the last yeah. stretch of the season here. Dallas, KC, Cleveland, the Chargers, the Colts, all still on the docket uh, for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, a team that's been through tons of ups and, ups and downs this year and has been, you know, after going three, Three and zero. They're now uh, just what two and two and uh, two and four, I believe. To uh, there you go. That's good math right there. That's good math. That's why I'm a journalist and not a doctor. Um, So I I mean, look, I 
I lean Bengals in this game coming off of two losses um, to, to get right here against the Las Vegas Raiders team. Uh, this game is at home for the Raiders, uh, so obviously they get a little bit of an advantage there. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I lean Bengals here. I've kind of been hot on the Bengals this year, and I've been proven wrong uh, a couple of times. But uh, but I am I am excited. I, I am excited for this one. What about you, Shay, for the Sharp? I, I already knew where that game was going Sunday before it kicked off, the way my weekend was going. And, and you know, go figure when Mahomes doesn't do trick shots and behind the back fucking no look passes he's pretty damn good quarterback um when he gets the ball to his playmakers that you know and they can they can get some yak the Chiefs look pretty good um you know I still like this Raiders team the Bengals team I'm not so sure about um this is I I do agree with you Tony uh what Simmons said I do I absolutely believe this is a loser leaves town game because the loser of this game obviously will have two straight losses uh and that will bring the record to obviously five and five and I think it's going to be an uphill battle for him. So um, I don't really know where I'm going to look for this game uh, for a wager. I haven't dove too much into it. I think this game of any game on the weekend will probably be one of the most intense, highly contested fight for every inch game because I do think it's of that importance. Uh, I'm right there with you. This is a pull out all the stops game. And I think, I mean, you talked about how uh, you knew how the Sunday game was going because of your Sunday day went. I, I mean, I had that game picked out from the beginning. I thought Kansas City was going to come in and mop the floor with this Raiders team because that Henry Ruggs loss was huge to them. You saw their offense. There, There is no reason the safeties need to drop back against Vegas anymore. There is no one on that team that can beat them over the top. They threw one ball to Deshaun Jackson. That's their only hope is to get Deshaun Jackson to produce as much as Henry Ruggs did and open up the middle of the field for Darren Waller, who has just been, uh, he's disappeared over the last few weeks. And that's a guy that can't disappear for this team to do well. I really like Cincinnati coming into this game. I think they have a lot of question marks. But then again, this is a team that won, what, two, three games last year? Like, this is not a good team to begin with. But the quest for seven is still on. I still think they can come in and win this game. They need to if they want to keep it in the playoff hunt. I might think that neither of these two teams are playoff teams. And that just might be where I stand. Out of the whole AFC, do you think either of these two teams deserve a spot in the playoffs after all this? I think it's a good prop bet. Uh, will one of those teams make the playoffs starting week 11? I think it's a great prop bet. I would say that's that bet's probably about minus 110. I, I would think that's a coin flip that one of these two teams will be in, in the playoffs. I don't think it's late. out of the question necessarily. I, I would probably lean more towards the Bengals. I think they're a slightly more complete team. They have better weapons on offense than the Raiders do. Um, I, I can see Cincinnati has proven they can hang 40-plus in a game before this year. I, I don't know off the top of my head if the Raiders have put 40 points on the board in, in any game so far this year. Both of these teams right now, Drew, you said it was a coin flip. Both of these teams right now have a 54% chance of missing the playoffs. So definitely a coin flip. Let's move on to another game, though. This game is the biggest game of the week when it comes to record versus record. It's the Dallas Cowboys at your AFC West leading Kansas City Chiefs. Listen, we talked about all year there's something wrong with Kansas City. There's something wrong with Kansas City. They seem to have figured it out against Las Vegas. And after all that turmoil, they sit on top of their division once again. They were plus money to win their division a few weeks back. Plus money. I told you about New England being plus 300. Kansas City was plus two-something to win their division a few weeks back. First time they've been plus money since Pat Mahomes has touched a football for those Kansas City Chiefs. We were dumb not to take it. I saw this coming, that they would come back. I did not see the rest of the division falling apart as they have. But this game right here is big. 
Dallas did business against Atlanta. Their division is pretty much wrapped up, but they're not looking at the division right now. They're looking at that one seed. They're looking at stealing that bye, giving Dak and that team some rest. They're losing defensive players left and right still. They need to make it to the playoffs, hopefully with a bye, if they want a chance to run to the Super Bowl. If they beat this Kansas City team, Kansas City is right back in the thick of that AFC West division. I think this is a huge week for Kansas City. They have a chance to make uh, put ground between the rest of the division and themselves, give them a bit of a cushion. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to watch this game. Dangles, how do you feel about Dallas at Kansas City? Yeah, this is going to be a true test for the Cowboys being on the road here. And then, of course, you know, going to Arrowhead is not like just any any regular old road game. There's a different atmosphere. We all know about that. Cowboys have played at home in five of their last seven games, and they're four and one uh, uh, in that in that stretch uh, at home. And the Chiefs' defense on the other side has been improving, if only slightly. They've only allowed 38 points in the last three games. Now, yes, the competition wasn't great. They played the Giants. The Packers without Aaron Rodgers uh, and uh, uh, one more team, the uh, name of which is escaping me right now. The team we just talked um, about, the, the Las we, Vegas Raiders. The, the it's Las okay. Vegas Raiders. We're not all that's, on our A game today, Dave. That's that's right, and that's uh, that's okay. I got my COVID booster yesterday, so I'm I'm a little bit a little bit out of it. Um, but and and I was noticing as I'm watching this because uh, I went back and rewatched this Chiefs game, and and the Kansas City Chiefs aren't a team that I usually think of that's very good at pass rushing. Um, and I noticed they were getting doing a little bit more getting to the quarterback. So I, I went. They sacked Derek Carr twice uh, and hit uh, hit him five times over the last three games. Though they've got six sacks and compare that to eight for the rest of the year before that. So slight improvement on that front uh, defensive line getting pressure as well. I think the question here is going to be, can Patrick Mahomes limit turnovers against a Dallas defense that's good at forcing them? They're tied for sixth and best, best turnover differential in the league and fifth in most turnovers. And for the Chiefs, you know, I think it's going to be about uh, a lot of the ways about trying to reestablish that run game. They should have Clyde Edwards-Alaire back for the first time since week five, which is a huge bonus for them if they can establish a two, true run game, keep the Dallas defense office, and let honest and let Mahomes be a little bit more um, expansive and not just have to rely on him to make every play every time. Either way, I am stoked to plant my ass on the couch and watch this game. Drew, you hate the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you feel about this game? Well, Tony, I don't hate the Kansas City Chiefs. I uh, correctly diagnosed there's something wrong with them for four weeks, and then I incorrectly uh, diagnosed (laughs) that they would lose the Raiders. And I find it also funny that you base your future ticket on the AFC East uh, the fact that the Buffalo Bills can't run the football when the Kansas City Chiefs don't even attempt to run the football. And no, you're not going to convince me that uh, a Mr. Darrell Williams is going to be a bell cow for them. But um, listen, impressive victory against the Raiders. Uh, this Cowboys seems good. This is a great game. Now, I don't think the, I don't think that one outstanding performance by the Chiefs is chicken soup for their season. Yeah. I do think I don't. I and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it because I just got crushed on Sunday night. I think this Cowboys team is a better team pound for pound. But what I failed to recognize on Sunday, which has been a stalwart in the Chiefs dynamic since Alex Smith was there, and I and I've and I've referenced this during there that Andy Reid didn't look healthy. Andy Reid's a great football coach. He's a great football coach. Mike McCarthy is not a good football coach. Um, and so any Edge that I would give they the have Cowboys the same amount field. of Super Bowls. <laughs> exactly. Any edge that I give my any edge that I give the the Cowboys on the field because I do think the Cowboys are a better team. Uh, I it just it just comes back with, with, with the coach with the coaching mismatch and also I'd be very curious the Chiefs 
they get a buy after this game. Yeah. Do they come out with their hair on fire? Really, like you said, Tony, entrench themselves in top of the division to take that deep breath to go for their final playoff push, or are they a little flat? I don't know, but it's going to be a hell of a game. Seven and four heading into the bye tastes a lot better than six and five, let me tell you. I, I do want to say Andy Reid versus Mike McCarthy. I mean, I might get in trouble for saying this, but do you think that's the heaviest coaching matchup in the NFL? Has to be, right? I would think. Yeah, it'd be a it'd be a hell of a WWE tag team, Andy Reid, Mike McCarthy. I have to say, I love it. Put some face paint on I them, would... maybe some leotards. That'd be something. Is Bob Wiley on that staff too? Because that just pushes everything over the <laughs> over the edge. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on now. Did you guys know that? I know another one of Drew's favorite teams. Did you guys? I'm gonna let you guess. Dangles, you might have already written this down, but Drew might not know. Drew, do you know who the eighth team in the NFC is right now? One spot out of the NFC playoffs. Do you know who that team is? I don't. The Minnesota Vikings. Somehow, oh, okay. some way, at four and five, they have won enough tiebreakers and won just enough games to be four and five in the eighth spot in the NFC. They're playing the one seed, my Green Bay Packers, who are eight and two. Now, they shut out Seattle. They held Kansas City to 13 points. They shut up They shut up Kyler Murray for most of their game against the Cardinals. That defense is playing really, really well. But again, this offense in Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, when they're on, they can score on anybody. And then on the other side, the offense for Green Bay has not played up to par all season long. It wasn't just last week either. They have not played up to par. DVOA has them below the median line, the Mendoza line in the NFL in every aspect. No Aaron Jones for this game, although I do love my guy, A.J. Dillon. Offensive line finally getting healthy, but David Bakhtiari still undecided whether he plays this game. Minnesota always gives Green Bay trouble. Green Bay is the one seed right now, but they're coasting. They have a 17-game lead on their division. Minnesota is the second-place team in that division. Minnesota needs this victory in that crazy stadium that gets very loud. The horn will be blowing. Skull chants going all over the place. Drew, are you getting a little bit of purple fever right now? No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> as you know, I do have a futures ticket on Packers division wins. So I'm already going to have to skin the game and be invested in this game. Might be one of those games, uh, potato game for me, where I kind of stay on the sidelines. Mm. Um, I mean, the Vikings are just, you know, again, once again, I should talk about it in Dr. Dangers. Was there any doubt that the Vikings were going to go into L.A. and cover <laughs> and probably win? They did. That was my worst I mean, bet. Just, yeah, that was they, hands down my said, worst bet. They, you can, you literally, you know, what got me off that bet is a respected guy that I love. He made it. He made the Chargers his best bet. Squares. I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna try to sack up and take the Vikings there, but a respected guy that I, I love and, and 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 admire took the Chargers as his best bet. Got me off him. But um, that Vikings team is just so hard to predict. Now, squares. I gotta, I, I gotta give you credit here though. That Packers defense, I mean, fantastic. They fought. I mean, really, they fought really out playing fuck. awesome. They were playing awesome. Without so, Jair, too. That's big. And Zedarius. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that brings a different dynamic to this Packers team, especially with the cold weather of the playoffs. Um, uh, obviously, I'd like to see a healthy Aaron Jones. I know Dylan's been more than adequate there. Um, but I, again, I ugh, this game makes me nervous for the Packers, absolutely. Uh, the Vikings definitely want to get the momentum. You know, and again, Zimmer's Zimmer, Zimmer. He's just, you know, he's going to finish nine, eight. They're going to have a chance to be in the playoffs yeah. week 17. So it's this game they win, or it's one of the many games they lose in the final minutes. 
time will tell. What scares me is Green Bay's next game on the slate, and that's the L.A. Rams, who, again, had an awful loss against San Fran, but still are very much at the top of that NFC when it comes to record-wise. And I know Green Bay is a well-coached team. They're not going to be looking ahead, so to speak. It's a divisional game. It's tough to overlook a divisional opponent. But it goes Minnesota, L.A., and then a week off for Green Bay. I think they might be looking ahead a little bit. I'm a little bit worried as a Packer fan in this game. I don't have any purple fever, though, I'll tell you that. I think Minnesota stinks, but I could be surprised. Dangles, how you feeling about this game? I mean, Minnesota, just they can't close. If you look at look at their games this year, these are a litany of, of very, very close games. You know, they lost the Cardinals by one, the Bengals by three, they beat the Lions by two, beat the Panthers by six, lost the Cowboys by four, lost the Ravens by three. These are games they're getting, you know, getting close in. A couple of them they win, but you got to win those games when you're in it at the end. You got to be able to, and I just don't know if the Vikings are built to do that. And and between them and a, and a defense that could be good one week and, and bad another, uh, you know, I they I, I just don't know. They still have to play the Rams themselves. They've got uh, two games, including this week's uh, against the Packers, the Niners, and the Steelers, and then the Bears twice. Uh, and the Lions in there as well, which should be a win for them. I just don't have enough confidence in this Vikings team to take it down the stretch. Uh, I certainly do in your Packers, though, Tony. Uh, they've given me no reason to think otherwise, although I will say they're going to need to do a lot better on offense than they did this past week. That 17 to nothing score did not tell the story of just how inept that Packers offense was and you mentioned it's that's not a one game issue this has been going on for for some time so they have in their own right some things that they need to to get square to and not having Aaron Jones obviously isn't going to help them but I obviously I, I give the edge to the Packers here I do not have purple fever fever either thank you for bringing up the Bears because I just want to mention as a Packers fan the Bears are 15th in the NFC right now that just that just makes me happy. Uh, a couple more quick hitters. We're not going to take too long on these ones, but I'll take one sentence from each of you on this. Drew, I'll go first. Arizona 8-2. Don't know if it's Kyler. Don't know if it's Colt McCoy. At Seattle, who is the 14th team in the NFC, Three and six right now. Seattle loses this. They're out of the. They're out of the playoff hunt, right? I think Seattle's out of the playoff hunt now. Ooh, um, but yeah, yeah, they may yeah. be. Uh, Dangles, Indy five and five at Buffalo six and three. On paper, Buffalo is the better team, but record-wise, there's only really a game that separates these two. Any interest in this game? A little bit. I mean, you know, the Colts have wins against bad teams. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record at the time of the game since December of 2020. Uh, and sure, Buffalo got right against the Jets, but of course they did. Like they're they're you know six and three this year via one of the easiest first half schedules out there. So um, question marks, and I, I could see this going either way. I still give the lean to the Bills with that defense. I think they can confuse Carson Wentz, um, but I wouldn't. It, would it surprise me if we're sitting here looking at a Colts win by like three points? Not at all. Thank you for the one sentence recap, Dangles. Drew, uh, one more game for you. Uh, New Orleans somehow the six seed at five and four, and Trevor Simeon traveling to Philadelphia. I hate this Philadelphia team, but they're four and six, and a win here puts them right there, right there. Are you believing in Sirianni and the Eagles? Could they steal one here and be in the playoff hunt? I believe there won't be many points scored in this game, end statement. (laughs) Fair enough. Daggles, last one before we go, before we go to Gravestones. The Ron Rivera Bowl. Washington football team has been terrible, but they beat the Buccaneers last week. And again, they're three and six. Not a good record, but one win here puts them within one game of the team they're playing. The seventh seed, the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton returning to play against Ron Rivera, who cut him and didn't want him in Washington. What do you got for the seventh seed Carolina Panthers? 
I got to lean towards the Panthers. I mean, you know, what more could Panthers fans want than Cam coming back, scoring a rushing touchdown, ripping his helmet off and screaming, I'm back at the crowd. That's the kind of juice you need going into a game like this. I like them against a Washington football team that is now without Chase Young, its best defensive player for the rest of the season with, uh, I think it was an MCL uh, tear. So, I, I, I mean, I think all the momentum should be on the Panthers' side going into this game. Well, we'll know a lot more about these teams after these games on Sunday, but the bad part is each of us needs to kill one right here, right now. And the gravestone section of this show to close us out is coming up next. West Coast Gamblers. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. Very sad part of the show here. It's when we tell you that a team is dead. They're not making the playoffs this calendar year. We've been doing this for a while, folks, all season long. This is going to be the 10th team that we put into the ground. So far, the three of us have killed Jacksonville, Miami, and the Jets in the AFC. The NFC sees Detroit, the Giants, Chicago, and Philadelphia as dead teams. We also kill some teams individually. It goes off the record of how we did last week in the gambles. The key to that is if a host kills a team, the host following cannot kill the same team that week. Dangles is going first this week. He was the best gambler on the show last week. He's killed Houston and Denver individually. Myself, I'm going second. I've killed the football team and the 49ers individually. Drew is carrying the caboose once more. Houston and the football team are his individual kills. Dangles is going to start us off. It's time to go into the chapel, bow our heads, have some communion, and put to rest some of these fine football teams. This is a part of the year where it gets tough. We're killing some teams today that are 5-5, five and five, and we have to prognosticate that they will not finish 5-5. Five and five. And that's it. It's time to go into the house. It's time for Gravestones. Tony Squares, Schaefer the Sharp. I'm going to start off Gravestones this week by doing something that I can say both truly gives me no pleasure and at the same time also gives me a whole lot of pleasure. It gives me no pleasure uh, to do this to a city that is riding high right now uh, after a world championship in baseball. It gives me no pleasure to do this to a state that is the state of my birth. And yet... The Atlanta Falcons will not make the playoffs in 2021. Between a terrible defense that can't rush and can't defend the pass, a rushing offense that is dead last in the league in DVOA, a red zone defense that could not stop a mouse from scurrying into the end zone, this team is not built for the playoffs. The loss of Calvin Ridley is tough. We hope he gets his mentals right so that he can come back and be a force on the field and, and a fun wide receiver for all of us to play. But you can't do much with your only offensive weapon being Kyle Pitts. So ahead of what will be a loss to the Patriots this Thursday, hopefully the Patriots won't have to climb back from a 25-point deficit to do it. I will be killing the Atlanta Falcons. 
Well, that's troubling, Dangles. That's troubling indeed, because I too was looking at those dirty birds and putting them in the ground. Alas, I'll have to go east. Well, I guess west, but in the A, we'll make sense of it later. <laughs> I'm the geography guy here. Good eulogies tonight. Dangles, you talked about how tough their schedule was in an earlier part of this show. I've been heavy off of this team since they've lost so much in so little time. But the Henry Ruggs disappearance is too much to overcome for this Las Vegas Raiders team. And I believe for the first time in the history of this show, I'm going to be killing a team with a winning record in November. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Too much to overcome. Too little time. A hard-fought victory, and honestly, Derek Carr deserves better. But this team ain't making the playoffs. And God damn it, I hope the Bengals win. (laughs) Because if they don't, I clearly have made the wrong decision. Good night, Las Vegas. Wow. Touching tributes from both of you. I am also going to look at a bird, a hawk of the sea, (laughs) travel to the Pacific Northwest, teams in disarray, Russell Wilson saying he's not going to have sex with his wife because he wants to test their love without that, DK Metcalf trying to have foursomes, Pete Carroll getting up there in age, looks like he's ready to retire to a life of backgammon and shuffleboard. And finally, the daunted NFC West, the once bottom feeders of another bird, a red bird, a cardinal, now at the top of the perch, feeding on the hawks of the sea. And Russell Wilson, imaginary two-minute drills, playing by himself in the backyard, will be playing by himself in January in his backyard while his wife will apparently not be playing with his wiener. They are in the ground. Goodbye. Seahawks. Arguably the worst stuff percentage in the league. Russell Wilson. And that is the end of Gravestones. Dub C to the G. West Coast Gamblers. All right, boys, we did it. Day late, dollar short, it's done, the show is over. It is time now to look forward. Coming out tomorrow will be our King of the Coast, our Thursday night leans, our Sunday night locks, but that is it for this week of the West Coast Gamblers. For Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crooks, and my name is Tony Cavallo, and as always, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. 
Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.